Welcome to another episode of Out From The Cube. But before we get started on our next episode, I wanted to make sure to thank our sponsor. Polaris Solutions has supported our podcast for the past two years and has been a part of some of the discussions in those episodes. And it was easy for me to support them the past couple of years because I actually work for them. This past year, I changed jobs, but it is still very easy for me to continue to support them because of the work they are doing to put businesses and products in the best position possible. If you are working on a product or needing to modernize an existing product or looking to get a solution up to the cloud, Polaris is the company that you should start with. They are top-level technical company that is run by amazing people that I am happy to continue to call my friends. You need to start and stop your technical shopping by going to PolarisSolutions.com, getting connected with them, and making sure that you get all your questions answered. Uh, appreciate the support that they continue to give to our podcast, and please reach out to them and get all your technical questions answered. Now, we'll go on to our episode. I can t- uh, will thank you for the support that you have given to the podcast, and l- hope that you enjoy this next episode of Out From The Cube. All right, we're again live on LinkedIn with our LinkedIn Live. We're doing this. I, I wanted to do this five days a week, but I'm it's somewhere between three and four. And I have Brian Covey on. And Brian and I've missed each other a few times. We've we had some things scheduled on the last couple Fridays, and it, things just didn't work out on the Fridays. And so we had this scheduled for today. And there's a lot that I think we're going to end up talking about today. But Brian, welcome to our LinkedIn Live episodes that we've been doing. Awesome. Thanks for having me, George, and being flexible. I think right now things are shifting pretty fast in all of our worlds. And last week was month end for us. So we were finishing oh. up strong and then Friday ended up being some planning. So yeah, appreciate your flexibility. And yes. Glad yeah, and I, yeah, appreciate your flexibility. And I, as I kind of, I'm looking down at my phone because we have a number, I try to have my phone open. There's no great way with this software to be able to see comments and all this. So yeah. I'm always looking down a little bit as we start these. So this is one of those, you know, for people watching, uh, I appreciate all the feedback that we've received and the likes and the comments and the shares that people have done with these LinkedIn lives. It's been a lot of fun for me in that regard. Um, what has been the most fun, I, I without question, enjoy having uh, my friend Jason Wells on. Uh, and that's a lot of fun for me because uh, Jason and I go way back. But what has been as fun uh, has been having these great conversations with people I do not know. Um, Brian and I do not know each other. We connected on LinkedIn, sent a few notes back and forth. I did a little bit of research about Brian. I was actually drawn to you, Brian, because of your last name. Uh-huh. I am a big, I'm a big Covey guy. I've read these books and the Covey quadrants and all this. And, yeah. um, but there is there, there, I'm guessing there's no relation to anybody along those lines. Maybe there is. Uh, distant, yeah, you know, my dad's side. So really, yeah, just a little bit there. My dad's actually a psychologist in Memphis. And so he writes some books, does some things there. And so that's the correlation. So we grew up, you know, obviously the seven habits and all the books yeah. and all that. It was standard practice. Uh, really pretty distant, Not, nothing, nothing direct line, you know, didn't get to spend any extra time with yeah. Dr. Covey or anything, but, but I have my own Dr. Covey, who's my dad. So that's kind of the fun, 
the joke That's there. Perfect. So as, as we get going, I guess the, the standard question is, why don't you just tell us, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, the one thing that immediately you said, you said randomly and in passing when we met offline was that you play the bass. And I'm a huge music guy. Downstairs in my basement, I have my guitars that I wish I knew how to play. Yeah. Um, but but you're, you, you, how long have you played the bass? We'll just start there before you tell us your whole story. Yes, a little over 30 years. And I grew wow. up in Memphis, Tennessee. So obviously you got oh. blues and jazz. And um, I played growing up just because my friends were playing. And there was no bass player. So I'm playing keys and guitar. And there's nobody to play bass in the band. So like, hey, Brian, why don't you go get a bass? So mm. I remember going to get my first bass and a little amp, the starter kit. And then I ran into a guy and started taking lessons from there and still friends with him. Um, a guy in Memphis, Neil Bowen, phenomenal mm. bass player. But that's where I started my love for music and still play to this day. I played in our church some, I played in bands, and now mm. I just play to entertain my kids, right? Just just right. for fun. That's great. So um, what kind of music, like when you were in bands and all that and kind of going and maybe in and out of clubs and bars and things like that, what kind of music would you would, would you like to play? Yeah, so we were mostly rock. And then, of course, mm. in Memphis, we played a bunch of blues and covers right. and things. Everything from your Hendrix to the Almonds Brothers, um, we would play some of the old stuff, and then we'd play some of the stuff that came contemporary, more like Third Eye Blind, and some of that more contemporary rock with, um, you know, some mm. of the little bit I would say Memphis feel we call it, yeah. where, where it has a, a good rhythm and beat to it, so you can blend some jazz into it with some blues and rock, and mm. you just have kind of that Memphis Memphis feel we call it. Now, who who would be a bass player you would look up to that you admire and, and try to play like? Oh, I mean, I can't play like him, but Victor Wooten is the, is the, the, the pinnacle who lives in Nashville mm -hmm. and he changed the game as far as playing bass and started doing things that were very melodic and rhythmic with both mm -hmm. hands. Instead of just playing, he's, he's tapping and doing stuff that mm -hmm. um, he, he was one. Bela Fleck and the Flecktones was his, his group. Really? Yeah, yeah, I've never heard. I don't know who that is, so I'm going to have to look that up and check him out. Okay, I will make yeah. sure to check that out. Okay, so the music. I and I'm a I'm a big music person. I I could talk music and and all that all day long. But what? So what do you? What do you do? What's your story? How to how? Where? I guess where are you at right now? Yes, yeah, so I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, just a suburb, okay. Franklin, Perfect. Tennessee. Yeah, just Perfect. a nice, quiet little suburb there. We've been here, gosh, ten years. And my wife and I, we're both from Memphis. So grew mm -hmm. up there, played soccer, actually went to University of Memphis and played D1 college soccer and oh, then wow. played a little bit professionally. And then I ended mm -hmm. up meeting my now wife. We then, uh, as I was with Wells Fargo at the large bank, just getting my, my teeth cut in the career that now still I'm in housing and finance. We moved to Tampa, Florida, had our first two kids. The crash of 08 is when we had our second kid. Mm. So man, I look back on that. I'm like, Okay, we made it through that. We had an almost 18-month-old, and then we had our second child, mm. Davis, was born in November of 08. And I'll never forget, we were like, we need family. We need some security. We need some stability. Let's go back to Tennessee. Mm. And when we going to Memphis, we came back to Nashville, and we just, we've loved it ever since. Man, so, that is actually my – I've spent – a fair amount of time in Nashville. That is my favorite city. I love it. It is a great place. So, um, it's south, you know, where we've got Brentwood and then Franklin. Yep. Yeah, we're just on the south side. It's kind of quiet, 30 minutes from downtown. So, we've got good schools and everything there. But mm, yeah. that is a great area. So, yeah, a total sidebar to all this. I, I coached basketball at a small college level in Detroit for 10 or so years. And so we bad. would go down south. 
uh, every, I think we always left like January 2nd or something to get out of the cold of Michigan. And we would always go South and we'd play Bel, uh, not Belmont. I think they played Belmont uh, before I was there, but we always played Lipscomb, yeah. David Lipscomb right there. Oh, and well. I think that's kind of in that area and it's South of Nashville a little bit. Yeah. It's right there. Great school. We actually, my yep. daughter plays soccer and she mm -hmm. trains over there. Some and they have camps. We go watch them. Good school. Uh -huh. Both yeah, those. that is it. Yeah. And they always beat our tails in basketball. Yeah. So we could never beat them. So, so you run, so you're, you got your shirt on the Lone Depot. Is that the, that, is that the company that you, are you, are, is that the company you run? You're a part of your, yeah. so I'm a vice president there. And so I cover eight states for us and lead a sales team. We're right at about 115, what we call mortgage originators. So they're the people that work with customers today to help them buy a house refinance their house. They work with real estate agents, builders, mm -hmm. financial planners. So I lead that team and we've got leaders locally on the ground. So in each market, all the way from Maryland through DC, Virginia, Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and then probably going into Arkansas. So we've got leaders on the ground. I support mm -hmm. them. We have processing, underwriting, closing, all of that. Um, but we're out of California is actually where the company is. I just celebrated two years there. Mm. Absolutely love great company that mm. you know you think about the world we're in right now it's starting to show yeah. all the technology we built our own tech okay it's starting to really show today when you can't interact with people now mm -hmm. you have technology that fortunately for us we had already started implementing some of that well before you know the the quarantine and, and covid-19 right. came out yeah yeah. And it's, were you, at, did you have experience in, in mortgages and the housing industry prior to going to work there? And that's been straight out of college. I got recruited okay. to join Wells Fargo Financial and then I went to Wells Fargo Home Mortgage. And then I spent a few years with Movement Mortgage, great company out of Charlotte that's mm -hmm. a privately held. Uh, they actually are run by former NFL player, tight end. Okay. Yeah. So all these sports things yeah. start to overlap. And then I joined Lone Depot and that's been two years, just, just last week. Two years. And you also are and just looking at your um, your LinkedIn profile. You also do a podcast as well, right? So there's some things you're doing there. Yep. We're doing those. We're actually about to officially put the real release. We've been doing the episodes and sharing some of those, but we decided to, um, I'm investing more into that this year is just to up my game there. But also I've got some really good guests that we've been bringing on. So we're going to push that out as there's some amazing content that I look back, we were listening that I can't wait to share with people. It's relevant for today. Be, yeah. I think it'll inspire and help. What, what's the name of your podcast? So it's just the Brian Covey show. Okay. Nothing fancy. Okay. okay. And what, what is typically kind of the topics that, and the guests that you look for and that you kind of go through? Yeah. So we're definitely in the leadership realm, personal development, mindset and growth, that entrepreneurial mm. social media side. And then I've brought the athletic side and music to blend in with people that have you know been in different realms. So it crosses over multiple businesses. Yeah. And so we found that's been fun for me just taking my network of friends and people I've I've come across and sharing their story and then what's that one kind of thing that they bring to the table that could help somebody and connect with more people. That's great. So I mean that's kind of so let's 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 start kind of diving into what you've learned or what the values that you that you kind of lean on and the thing. So you're lead how big is the team that you lead right now? Yes, yeah, so we've got 115 originators. Um, we'll do probably, I think we'll serve about 6,000 customers this year buying mm. or refinancing. So that's about 1.5 billion. We have processing, um, which is another 20 or so underwriting is another 15 closers is another five to 10. So all mm -hmm. in just probably over, over 200. 
that you're leading that you're kind our of team. yeah and we've got your team. team we have each each of those groups processing underwriting closing has their regional leader it's aligned mm -hmm. up with with our region for my team and so we just partner across Great. So here's my here's my kind of first question about some leadership. I've always marveled. So again, my background is in basketball. And yeah. when I was leading, you know, young athletes, young men in the athletic space, I had to really send, you know, create a vision and some values and some strategies and tactics and all that sort of stuff. But it was really like with 15 people. Yeah. Right. And it like and me maybe an assistant coach, maybe if I was lucky to have two assistant coaches, get them all bought in on what we're, you know, uh, what we're, you know, trying to, you know, the values that we're trying to have these, you know, young athletes uh, to be a part of. Um, yeah. So it was kind of an easier deal, but I always marveled at uh, football coaches because yeah. the football coach is sitting there as the head and has a hundred athletes, yeah. you know, and I'm like, man, how do you lead a hundred people and that shared mission and vision and values and have that, you know, you know, just go out to that many people. So you just kind of gave me this list of 200 people that you're leading. Yeah. How, how difficult is it for you? You know, uh, I'm guessing that you're, you know, you're driven by some values and a mission statement and all these different things and results and how to get those results, all this sort of stuff that you're trying to get a hundred people to buy into. Yeah. And to, you know, to be selfless in and uh, lean on one another and have some account, all that sort of stuff that, uh, you know, the buzzwords that we use. Yeah. How hard is that for you? And and what are some strategies you have to lead that many people? Yeah. So my belief is that the leader, their capacity is what's going to either limit them or allow them to influence more people. And I always mm. come back to as your influence goes wider, your character needs to continue to go very deep. Meaning mm. one of the things for me, one of my values is you know, we do the right thing, whether anybody's looking or not looking, right? I mean, it doesn't matter for us. We're going to put in the work, whether somebody sees it or they don't see it. And so we come back to doing the right things and fundamentals, much like basketball, right? The fundamentals still matter. You need to be able to dribble, pass, shoot, run plays. Mm -hmm. So we talk about there's certain fundamentals in our sport, which we, we associate it as a sport sometimes because mm -hmm. it helps us. And language that we use drives the culture. And so we talk all the time about we raise the bar and we have a standard by which we live by. And some of those things are partnerships across, right? Because no one person in our industry gets a person that's buying a home from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. Multiple people, probably more than 10 people at least are actually involved. So your ability to actually, I'd say, perform the fundamentals exceptionally well, get people to partner with you and actually move the ball down the field together is what's going to separate you. And so we talk in our group, my job is to lead leaders that create other leaders that create other leaders. And so regardless of their title, we consider everybody a leader on our team. And that's one of the fundamentals we come back to is that language for us, we mm -hmm. use that across and everybody is allowed to hold someone else accountable in that process mm. to make sure that we're raising the bar. Yeah, so I really like that. I've never heard, I mean, how you phrased the first thing you said, I, I, I've never heard it that way before. And maybe I've never even heard it that the wider you, the wider, meaning maybe the more people you have to lead, that your character has to go that much deeper, right? And yeah. is that what you, you said, character or integrity? What was the word you used? Was That's it character? It. Yeah, character. And, and what we talk about is as a leader today on social media, this is what's really important that has that um, helped me evolve over the last couple of years. And it's where I'm growing now is, I post regularly on social media 
because not only does my team need to hear what I'm saying, they need to mm -hmm. see what I'm doing. And across eight states, let us be real, they don't they don't see me every day. And so mm -hmm. part of that is I'm documenting my journey for our team and for other leaders to say, this is what we're doing. And I'm encouraging our leaders on our team to do the same and to do mm -hmm. Facebook Live, to do videos, to share your experiences and document. Because I believe when you've got that alignment and congruence, between what you say and then what you're doing, then people know you're for real. And as a leader, yeah. it's hard to come in and go, well, if Brian says we need to wake up early and he's out working out or posting at 5 a.m. and journaling and reading, and I see that consistently, well, then that's, that's what he does. And that's where yeah. that consistency just performs a loop in my mind of I continue to do those things and that's how you evolve and grow as a leader. Man, there's I, I really admire all that. And so is that, that's, you're trying to, but you're also creating kind of that same, if I were to see that, right, as yeah. a customer, a potential customer of yours, I'm also getting that, you know, developing that connection with you and seeing how you're leading your people that I feel kind of that connection and comfort and security in you as a potential customer that I'm going to be treated the right way. 100%. And, and what yeah. I know is people have actually reached out and they'll find me because I'm easy to find on social media and be like, hey, you know, I'm, I've been working with your team and I get everybody sending us the amazing praises and the things that go exceptionally well. Like, hey, I worked with one of your loan consultants in this market. They did great. I still get the ones going, hey, I'm having a problem here. Can you help me? Mm. So as a leader, you got to show up today. What we can't separate, I think, for too many years, you try to separate. I'm running a business and a team over here and I'm going to show up on social media only and share my personal stuff. Mm. As a leader, the more congruent you can make those and you're you're one person, right? Like Covey talked about, you know, the whole person theory. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to pull one out without the other. You know, it's almost like people say, like, you show up to church on Sunday and then you spend the rest of your week and you're, like, you're not the same person. No, you're the same mm -hmm. person everywhere. And the more right. congruent you get with that. And so what we found is people started to lean in on this concept and they would start to see what we're doing. And what it allowed us to do is then I could empower our local leaders even more to say, guys, run with it. It's going to reflect your leadership and your capacity as you build your team. So we're very much empowering. And that's worked well for us in this season because look, I'm not in every market. I can't be there with 115 producers and watch exactly what they do, but I can empower the 15 leaders we have. And each of them are now responsible for smaller units and teams. Mm. So the circle back to, I, I really like the phrase of, of going deeper in character. So if, if that, if I worked for you, um, and what, what would you try to do? Like, is it, it's gotta be more than just documenting, right. And documenting my life and things of that nature. Right. Yeah. And so how, how do you, how do you lead me in such a way that I'm making sure that my character is going deeper, that my integrity is, you know, more spot on or whatever it might be. Right. That, that I'm yeah. kind of leading with those values that you would, um, that you would want that you have, that the company has, that would be valuable for me, uh, kind of serving under you. Yeah. I think where we start is, is I'm very much a motivational or inspirational type leader where I will send out videos regularly during the week. And it's an all team video to processing, underwriting, closing originators. It doesn't matter. Anyone on our team that works and touches a customer that's going to work with our group. We send out mm -hmm. videos because I think gone are the days you can send emails and people, one, are going to read them, yeah. right? Yeah. Two, you can't get tone or um, the passion that comes through when you speak. I think people want to see you today and they want to see what's there. And that's where I've really seen the more comfortable I get and the better I get at video and communicating my message, 
then the rest of the team is doing that. And again, I look at, as we've gotten bigger, we need to get smaller, meaning each of the leaders strategically we're investing in every week to make mm. sure they're growing and not only building their personal brand, but they're growing themselves personally and professionally. And right now has yeah. been a great time because, I mean, George, you've seen this, like right now everyone's at home. And so it's almost the excuse, I don't have time. I don't have this. I, I gave everybody permission to say, you have a blank slate, blank slate. What would mm. you schedule in? You have a chance to reorganize your priorities. What are the things that matter to you? And let, let's start with five, right? So maybe faith, family, your fitness. Um, you've got obviously financial goals there. There's things that are there. So we start molding a plan. I think if you can help people see and visualize their big picture and then bring that back down to how they act, what I've seen across then our entire group is then people start, they want to be part of a team that's moving and shaking and performing. And we still share results, right? So we still inspire people with, hey, we're going to stack rank in a way that shows what our values are, which right now, you know, we're sharing a lot of things. We're actually sharing new producers that join because I want everybody to feel like, you don't have to have been here two or three years to be a winner. Mm. You could have joined mm. three months ago and you had a great month. I'm going to recognize those things. Mm. So I just think everybody sees the culture of success and that we are highly competitive with ourselves. And that drives people, right? It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't work for everybody. We, we've said our culture isn't for everybody, but we're highly driven, fast paced, a lot of technology. And people that love that are going to be drawn to it and thrive here. Yeah. That's what we're looking for. Yeah, I, I really like how um, how you're how you're leading your group. And the question that has, is popping into my mind is a question from last week in some of the LinkedIn lives I, I did. And, and I think it boiled down to using the phrase management and using the phrase coaching. Mm. Everything you're kind of saying right now, I feel like you're really coaching your people and really care about them. And I, I see I hear you say a lot about personal development, personal improvement, um, being competitive, being the best that you can be and all that sort of stuff, as opposed to managing your people and yeah. driven by, you know, maybe a bottom line and numbers and things of that nature. But you're like, man, I'm here to coach you up and have you be the best you can be. What's the difference in your mind between those two, between coaching and managing? Yeah. So I think they're, they're very different. And I think about when someone tries to manage me, which happens at times, you know, and you, mm -hmm. whether it's in life or somewhere else, that has an adverse response many times because you almost feel like they're getting you to do it for their interest, mm. right? When you're being managed, I feel like that's, that's for the company. That's for the leader who, yeah. who would be a manager, not really a leader in my mind. Yeah. And when that happens, I think you don't get full buy-in as when you're a coach, we use the word coaching. Partnering is a huge vocabulary word in our group. That's our advice. I'm coming alongside you to partner with you to bring out your greatness and what you do well to help you win and succeed. Mm. And so when you, when you coach, Bam. you're giving somebody feedback to say, Hey, here's what I'm seeing, right? Mm -hmm. what, what do you think about that? What, what are you saying? How are you feeling about this? And managing is usually here's the report. Here's the number. Here's what I need you to do. Go. Yeah. And while there might be a place for that, um, a book I read a few years ago, you probably read extreme ownership. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, to me, a must read, right? Yep. I'm back to it. I think when you come from that lens and you are a coaching leader and you have extreme ownership in your life, and then you empower others to have extreme ownership, the results are far beyond what you could ever manage. 
Mm-hmm. Right. If I want to have my hand on every piece and every part of the process, I have now limited myself and my team's ability to grow because mm-hmm. they will grow when they make mistakes. They will grow when they succeed without me being there telling what to do. And I think that's where a shift has occurred where no longer can you just tell everybody, hey, I need you to make 20 sales calls today and every day that's what you're going to do. And this is there. Like some of those things, while they may work and I think they have their place. If you coach someone, I just think they they know you have their best interest. My best coaches brought out the best in me, mm. right? And it doesn't mean it was no all question. time. It doesn't right. mean there wasn't some pain. Uh, yeah, I smile because I had this conversation. My, uh, my sons and I and my stepdaughter and wife, we watched um, Glory Road last night, which is a great movie about the Texas Western 1966 basketball team. And he was really hard on his players. Yeah. But he's also the best coach they ever had. Yeah. Right. And once you're done, kind of, I, you know, a, a true coach is never really done coaching. But once those players stopped playing for him, then they realize once you're kind of outside the storm a little bit, then you realize you're like, man, that person was really influential, powerful. Like that would be the thing, right? I could go work for you and you could bring out the best in me and it could be hard at times and frustrating. And I could say things about you in my mind or behind your back or to my spouse at home. And maybe at some point I stop working for you. But then I sit back and say, man, working for Brian was the best thing that ever happened for me. And we have maybe a connection and a bond that, you know, of just, you know, that time where we're not working together. Um, But everybody listening, this is what I I find. I find real interesting of these successful, um, you know, driven, you know, enthusiastic people that I've been fortunate to interview. You know, what I keep kind of coming back to and a similarity I I see with these people is is the language that you're using. Right. The, the, like you're, you seem super uh, intentional about the words that you use in leading your team. Um, yeah. Like the word you, you, you really hit a point by making sure you use the word partnership. Yeah. Right. And it could be instead of management, instead of even a coach. Right. It's a partnership. And I think yeah. you're very intentional about that word, which I'm going to take away. Right. I'm going to use that. I'm going to steal because I think that conveys something totally different to the person receiving it 100%. and how they feel about the the vision you're trying to get to, uh, the buy-in you're trying to get to, and how I would ultimately kind of feel about the support and safety that I have by being with you, right? I mean, it, you're you're pretty intentional about the word choice, right, with your teams. Very. And, and last year was a big growth um, piece for me. We went and heard, you should follow, if you haven't followed, Dr. Kevin Elko. He actually coaches Nick Saban and many others that you would oh, know. Really? He's mm. the psychologist and the guy behind the scenes helping teams establish language and the power of language in their culture. So if you look at whether you're a fan of Alabama or not, you can't dispute the the success right. they've had. And mm-hmm. So Dr. Elko came to Nashville and we listened to him and he started talking through language and how they program language in. And a few things that we took away from that that we incorporated into ours was you know, we're going to choose action over feelings. Mm. And that was a big one for us because many times we get emotional. Something happens. It doesn't go our way. We don't feel like doing something that day, right? Like there's something we know we need to do and we don't feel like doing it. And we said, you know, what? as a group, we're going to choose actions over feelings. And that action may be one small step. It may be a huge step, but we're going to choose that. And another mm. we've been leveraging and coming back to in the last three weeks was be where your feet are, Mm. meaning be in the moment with whoever you're with, your family, your kids, 
if you're on a video call, if you're on a phone call with someone, you're on the phone with that client and you need to be where your feet are, not the 10 other places that your brain wants to scatter. And I found as we started programming these in, what was good for us is we knew how to deal with adversity. We knew how to deal with conflict. We knew how to handle our emotions. And I mean, what a cool way to empower your team so that they understood where I'm coming from. And they have the same ability to hold me accountable to the same standard that we've set. And I think what that's allowed us to do as a group, now we're growing, not just one person growing, we're growing. And, and the leader's got to go first and do that stuff, right? Like, right, no question. You, you got to go and do those or the teams. And that's where I go back to your ability as a leader to grow your capacity. Mm -hmm. It's going to mean the difference between can you lead a team of 10? Can you lead a team of 1,000 or 10,000? It, it's up to your ability to, to figure out some of those. But they're little shifts that happen along the way. And that was a big one for us last year. Yeah. I, I need to. So it was Elko, right? You said yep. that, for that does Elko. them. Yep. Yeah. What I admire kind of about what Nick Saban does is he's like he's getting the best players um, and he's got a great coaching staff. And, you know, he's a great coach in and of himself. Right. Yeah. I, I, I like like those are the things that if we were to just talk about, it, he'd be like, yeah, like he's a 10 on all those. Oh, but yeah. what I admire about and I, I I haven't done the deep dive probably like you have with with him or, or with the people that support him. But my perspective is this. He doesn't leave anything unturned. If he's going to find a way to have himself, his team, his people get better, then he brings in somebody like this Elko gentleman that you said, yeah. like, hey, bring like there's something else we can do to get better. And, you know, and I, I, th I find that um, I find that like very inspirational to, for me, like we don't know it all. Right. And our oh, teams and our people can always get better. And how can we do it um, as a leader? So I just shared this last week and, and this is where. I realized for myself, I could help my team even more during the season of mm -hmm. being home. And so I looked at the network that I've built over the years and said, okay, who does this well? Who does this well? And we started to accumulate now, basically kind of 12 weeks built out. Every week, we have got a call with someone that's strategically sharing a 30-minute message. And mm -hmm. totally different. These are not mortgage specific in our industry. These are more around actually life lessons, right? And so we had someone mm -hmm. last week just talking about the characteristics of a top performer in life. And what does mm -hmm. that look like? And then this week, we've got someone who's a phenomenal storyteller and actually is going to share what does it mean to really be a, a lighthouse today in a dark world where we have all this going on mm -hmm. in the economy. And we've got, you know, obviously right. the COVID-19, all this stuff going, how can you be a lighthouse today for somebody else? And so we're bringing people in to me that are going to inspire and motivate. Uh, I work pretty closely with a guy here, Coach Michael Burt. Coach Burt has come on and he's sharing, you know, where are the areas you can diversify yourself and your business? So mm -hmm. that's a big one. Mm -hmm. And then one of our good friends who does a ton of social media and branding, you know, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all that guru with this stuff. We're going to have him come on because most of our team didn't know the power of social media until now. People are spending mm -hmm. a lot of time there. And if you're not yeah. there showing up, you missed that. So why not train our team on these skills that we might not have had the opportunity to train them on? And these are life skills. So that's where as a leader, each week I told them, I'm going to bring you something of value, 30 minutes or less. We're going to dive into a topic and that's you're great. going to use that at your house, business, how you choose. Um, I'm looking yeah. at one today too. I'm going to bring somebody in from the fitness side of things, right? Just to talk mm -hmm. about what are some of the benefits there? you know, mental, physical health and tying together. But I think that's where leaders today have an opportunity to impact their team at a greater level 
step outside your business and your industry and work on the whole person. Man. Yeah. And I wonder why it seems so. It's one of these things with uh, Jason Wells, who's on quite a bit with my podcast and LinkedIn Live, but we, we always seem to talk about it's, uh, it's simple, but hard. Right. This is all kind of simple stuff, right? To lead in a certain way, talk in a certain way, work in your language in a certain way to inspire a little bit differently, to get people. I loved how you used the word greatness. Um, you know, that that word is is hitting me more and more instead yeah. of success, but like individual greatness and things like that's a there it is, right? I I saw you and I read the same books. It looks like yeah, that's Lewis Howe's books, right? It looks like you have your max out book over there. Oh yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> I mean, that's, I brought those when I set up the office. I was like, what are the things? That if I do have any downtime or I need some inspiration, who are the people that I personally go to? Yeah, and I read their content, listen to their podcast, and man, that that's part of it too, right? Like as a leader, sharing what you're learning and your yeah. lessons with others because we think everyone's listening to the same thing, reading the same books we're reading, and that's just not true. Yeah, you got to share. So, yeah, I you do, and so I've only been in my house a short amount of time, as you can see. There, my bookshelves are empty. They're all. <laughs> in the other room. So, but I correct me on any of this if I'm wrong, but we're all going through quite a bit right now. I was actually on the phone with my mom who's 70 years old and was talking with her last night. And I even did a blanket statement for her. I was like, mom, I'm not sure if you've lived through anything. She was born in 1950. Go, I'm not sure if you've lived through anything like this. This is unprecedented. This is something that my great, great grandchildren will read about, you know, where the economy all like, there's all this stuff, there's all this uncertainty going on. And so now I'm, I'm visiting with you. I don't know everything about your business, but you know, the mortgage industry, the housing industry, there's probably a lot of uncertainty there. I'm actually right now, I have a house that I'm in that I purchased recently. I have another house I'm trying to sell. And yeah. so like there's problems with that. And so, and you, you mentioned 200 or 150 people that are kind of working for you, under you, whatever it might be. And there's some uncertainty there. Like it, that's a rough industry maybe to be in right now with all this that's going on. So at some point when you sat down and said, okay, we're all working from home and yeah. I've got to lead these people and we're still kind of expected to run a business. We're trying to get results. We're trying to yeah. still do mortgages, whatever it might be. How, what were some of the things that you thought through in terms of leading people in these times of change, uncertainty, you know, like people worried about their jobs, their houses, all the, like, there's a lot under on your plate to try to lead all these people with what is going on. Yeah. So I think the first thing is, is remembering that caring and empathy go a long way mm -hmm. and put yourself in everybody else's shoes. And while you know, we've been fortunate, nobody in our family's gotten sick. Um, we've had some friends that, that fortunately not too close, but have gotten sick. So we've kept up with that on the health side mm -hmm. and, and let everybody know. Number one is it's about your health and your safety. First, the business side of things, we can figure that out we're really freaking good at what we do on attracting customers, getting leads and converting them. And then once we have a customer, I think we do a fantastic job of helping them close, buy the new home or refinance. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what I shared with them is, look guys, we've, we've practiced and we've, we've been training for this. We know how to operate. The things that have changed, let's talk about what those are. You work from home, you're gonna have more distractions. So what does that mean? You probably need a schedule. You probably need to think about how you're going to organize your day. Your kids are there. If you have kids, who's homeschooling them? How does that look in your day? Mm -hmm. But we have flexibility. No one said that we had to work eight to five 
or 10 to six or no, there are no rules. And so what I said is take a minute. And we went back to those priorities. And I said, what are your priorities for you and your family if you have a family? And let's start there. And I think being empathetic, letting everybody know that, hey, we don't have it figured out. But here's what I know during times of crisis and change is we're going to communicate more frequent, more regular with you. And we all need to be prepared for the fact that from a Monday to a Tuesday, there could be significant change and much of it we don't control today. So let's get that right. And just know there are things in our industry right now we don't control at all. Right. And you've had some of the stimulus bills. The Fed made some cuts in our business that inadvertently had some unintended consequences that we're trying to now work through. And so we have all these things that look, none, none of my team or myself have control over. The only thing we have control over is how we respond and how we react. And so we try, I go back to Stephen Covey quote, keep the main thing, the main thing. The main thing. And we repeated that over and over. That's become a language and a statement that I want everybody to know. And I just thought about how would I want to be communicated with? Like, how do I want my leaders that, you know, our CEO and everyone? Well, one, I love seeing them on video. To me, that's a connection point. Mm -hmm. I like to hear what's going on raw and unfiltered. So uh, there was a video the other day for those that are watching that Simon Sinek did with, I believe, um, I don't remember his rank, but he was in the military and it talked about leading through thousands through a crisis. And he talked about they did an open forum and some of the breakthroughs happen when the leader was vulnerable and honest about, guys, here's what happened. Here's where we are. And, and here's what we're going to do next. Mm -hmm. okay? And just just real and raw. And so what I've tried to do is come to our team regularly and frequently and give them a lot of context. And it's provided a forum that I've been able to educate our team because parts of our business no one ever looked at. So imagine, George, like if you are an originator you basically work with your customer, you get their loan documents, you put them into a program that fits their needs, you lock them on an interest rate, and you do that. Well, mm -hmm. you have nothing to do with what the guidelines are for programs. You don't work in secondary where the money comes from. You don't work in post-closing to do all these things. You're not the one getting warehouse lines with the bank. That's all these other departments within our organization that I think it gave some of our team a respect level of, wow, there's a lot of people. The mortgage business is complex. Mm -hmm. It's <laughs> not that simple. Right. Our, our role. And so what I said is if we stay in our lane and we do what we're supposed to do, let everybody else do what they're supposed to do, then we're going to do well. We're going to be fine. Yeah. I know we. Uh, you have a hard stop here shortly. Uh, so I'll, I'll, uh, three questions, if I can get these through quickly for you. What, what do you want your people, the people you're leading, what do you want them to, when you say keep the main thing, the main thing, what do you want them to lock in on? What is the main thing you think, or is it individual for everybody? I think it could be individual, but we've been harping on things today, like take care of yourself and your family. If you're not healthy, nothing else matters, mm -hmm. period. And I want my team to be healthy, take care of themselves and have a strong mind, body and spirit. Right now, that is, when we come out the other side of this, we're, we're going to be in a better place. We're all going to have grown. We're going to have been through different levels of stress. But if we don't take care of that today, you can quadruple and 10X your production. You can't make enough money in the world, I believe, to offset your health and your mental capacity. And that's mm. what's not being talked about today. So for me, that's the main thing for our group. And then what I've shared with them is, look, we already know what we do. We know how to win customers. We know how to help them actually go through. That, that for us is, is routine. 
That's like somebody showing up and running the place, mm -hmm. right? And what I've asked them to do is the main thing for us is when a customer engages with us to show them the same level of empathy and support and compassion, because some people are coming to us right now that are not in a great place and they need to pull cash out to refinance, consolidate bills, all these challenges that are happening. And we need to be that guide more so than ever to leverage our years of expertise and make sure that they're financially sound for years to come. Mm. So those are the yep. things for us. Yeah. We do that well and we come out the other side of this and, and right. So there'll be things that I coach through and I layer in as, as we develop, but those are the main things for us. That's what's going to yeah. matter when this is said and done. Yeah. And I, I, I'm going to take what you just said would be the same thing to someone like me, to society, to other leaders out there. Uh, that that would be the main thing. Like, hey, be healthy, you know, your fitness, your mind, all this. We are going to end up on the other side of this, um, you know, and just being. So the, the last the last question, then you said you played Division One soccer. I'm, you grew up at, you know, in an athletic arena uh, around coaches and competing yeah. and, in, you know, practice and improvement and goals and all that. Um, is that how you lead now? I mean, I, uh, my question is essentially like how much of an impact did that have on you as a leader today with all those people, your, you know, your athletic background and coaching, it sounds like it drives, like it's at the front, like those experiences lead you to the front with this. Yeah. And I love that question because as I've gotten more comfortable with who I am mm -hmm. and how I was brought up and, and I think the gifts that God's given me to help lead and as I've learned more about myself, that's where I lean in and, and I'm finding one, I enjoy it. And two, the reciprocation of seeing our team win and their success and growth, yeah. that's the sweet spot for me. And so the more I can lean in and be in that zone of that coaching partner with them, that, that's yeah. where we're all going to grow together. So that's yeah. where I'm, I'm on the journey as well. I'm learning more about myself every day and surrounding myself with people that are not only going to inspire me, but challenge me and, yeah. and have these conversations like we're having today to say, Wow. Okay. That, that's how we should be leading more often, mm, you know, yeah. make that that's the baseline. That's what we should do. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate, again, this is just a random connect, 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 and, you know, and send messages off on LinkedIn and, Love it. Um, and this is great because you've given, you know, this is again, another episode where I'll go back with my notebook that I have here and write down, um, you know, some of the things, cause I know I'm, I'm looking for a way I have a team in India. And I have people here locally in the St. Louis area that I'm working with. And, you know, I've, I've got to continue to find ways to inspire, to lead, to motivate, to, yeah. you know, have them become better, you know, the, to have that mindset of, of daily improvement for themselves. Um, but I really like the idea of using the word greatness more, but also, you know, the partnership, yeah. um, you know, to making sure the people I'm leading feel that partnership. So I guess my only asks would be is, um, one, I'm supposed, hopefully I'm crossing my fingers. I'm supposed to be in Nashville at the end of May to see Sturgill Simpson play at Bridgestone. Cool. And, um, I, I'm, I'm, will, I'm guessing that'll probably be canceled. I'm hoping it's not, I would love to go, uh, down there, but that, that you let me take you out to dinner. If it, the next time I'm in Nashville, I would love to be able to meet you and all that. And if, you know, if anything ever goofy happens that you'll hire me to work for you, because I would let you sound like you would be the exact person I would love to work for and under. Um, and how you lead your teams, man, that would be, um, I really admire what you're doing and how you're leading and how you're running your company. So how can people track you down other than just LinkedIn? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram and I'm about to actually double down over there. I've realized that's a spot. So it's just the Brian Covey. So you'll find that there. And then okay. Facebook, I've got, you know, a business page over there that's there just created a website for all of our podcasts. So that's coming up and that's just Brian mm -hmm. Simple. 
So yeah. just put the name in, you'll find LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on that platform where most Perfect. people are starting to trend lately. So yeah. any one of those, yeah, please hit me up, DM me. I love to collaborate. I've often found some of the best collaborations, even like today, these conversations help everybody. You know, and I learned so much from these. So thank you for having me on, George. Yeah, man, it's great. It is really great, too. I'm glad that I clicked connect and we got connected. So listen, really appreciate your time. I know you're busy. I know you have some places to run. Um, I'll have all your information uh, for everybody listening. I'll have all of Brian's information in the notes here. Um, This will also be put out on my podcast as well. And we'll share this around. And Brian, really appreciate your time and uh, appreciate you connecting with me. Awesome, man. Stay safe. All right. You too. Thank you. See you, George. 